We welcome your ears. We welcome your ears. We welcome your ears. So what is the end goal of continuing these restrictions, actually? If it isn't zero COVID, what is it? Why are they continuing? This is the question in the air that's part of the lay of the land for many, many people now. What is the point of this? If each variant is milder and the hospitals are less stressed, less people are dying, why are we continuing with these restrictions? When does it end? You're listening to The Sill Podcast with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 166, PH Factor, Lay of the Land, Redefining the Pandemic. Come on in, have a seat. Join the conversation. Whoa, I heard that. Oh, now that's Cockley Valley. <laughs> Why don't you get a jingle? Somebody do a jingle for you. Like, get a musician. I don't jingle. need jingles when I have you, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. This is, I'm drinking a Brazil espresso roast from Sol de Minas, established 1917 mm-hmm. in area in Brazil. In yep. Brazil. Beautiful. Really good. Today we are doing TSP 166. Wow. We're really humming. We just passed the 25,000 download. Yep, December upload. 1st. <laughs> Mark. Yeah, December 1st. So that's very exciting. About 45% of that has come in the last 12 months. Yeah. People so. are flooding to us from all around the world. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> A few here and there. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. And that's sort of the lay of the land in terms of this podcast. But what about the lay of the land in terms of the world itself? What would you say is the lay of the land? What would you start with if somebody asked you that question? Well, I would go right to the title. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to do a lot of redefining. I think there's way too much emphasis on the vaccine and COVID-related material and not enough on all the other things that have been affected, in my opinion, on a pandemic level. Mm -hmm. The pandemic is a pandemic of many things. And COVID gets all the attention, but a lot of the other things, I think, are falling by the wayside. If we want to redefine what the pandemic is about, we can talk about that. But right now, the lay of the land is, in a sense, all over the place. Mm -hmm. Every country is in a different stage of either trying to reopen or increasing their restrictions in the face of this new variant, Omicron. Mm -hmm. I like to say it as if it's a very deep word, Omicron. The -hmm. people are taking this thing very, very seriously, even though early indications are that it's not as severe as Delta or the others in terms of the final outcome. So, which makes me scratch my head, frankly, being in the position I'm in, one of the great unwashed, unvaccinated. Mm. I don't understand why countries are slamming, putting the hammer down on the unvaccinated. Speaking of which, sorry to interrupt you, Harry, but the Globe and Mail this morning. Yeah. Canada should resist urge to drop the hammer on the unvaccinated, at least for now. What kind of terminology is that to be using? Yeah. Drop the hammer on. Well, thanks to Austria and Germany, who have dropped the hammer in different ways on Mm -hmm. the unvaccinated. Greece, same thing. Apparently in Greece, if you're over 60 years old and you haven't been vaccinated, you will be fined 100 euro per month. I know. Until you are. And these are seniors who get 750 euro a month or something on the average mm-hmm. for their retirement, etc. Mm-hmm. And the government sees fit to penalize these people for not being vaccinated. So there's a hammer right there. So that's happening in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. 
That's one thing. So this attack on the unvaccinated, the whatever it is, 10, 20, 30 percent, depends on the country, continues, mm-hmm. pushing them towards vaccination, push, push, coerce, force, lose your job, jabber job. By the way, you, you can actually go on the Internet and there are uh, people who are unvaccinated looking for connections with employers who will take unvaccinated employees. Right. And so that's another element of the lay of the land now mm-hmm. is there's a kind of tribalism that is forming mm-hmm. where people of like mind are gathering together. They're talking about how can we be community and support each other without having to engage the mainstream reality, mm-hmm. whether it's online shopping or big box store shopping, ignoring that, going to the local, people are starting to get all tribal. So I know friends who go to groups now, they're private in houses, mm-hmm. and these are people who are unvaccinated, who are against the mandates. Some of them are vaccinated and against the mandates as mm-hmm. well, right. but they're getting together and saying, what can we do? How can we help each other, support each other? There might be a nurse or a hairstylist saying, I can work out of my home. You can certainly come to my home. There are dental hygienists who travel around from home to home rather than going to an office. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole new kind of economy that is growing Mm -hmm. as we speak. So that's one aspect of this lay of the land as well. What else would you say is going on? Well, with regards to the problems that are occurring in households with relationships, with work, with job loss, with mental problems, with a rise in opioid use and so on, we've become this kind of fragmented society that is not only being divided by media and politicians, we are dividing ourselves between family members, between associates, between co-workers. There are people that are being forced to leave their job in a sense. People say, well, no, you have the option. No, it's only an option if yeah. you do what they're asking you to do. And if you're not in agreement with what they're asking you to do, it's not an option. Yeah. And this phrasing and this thing that I just read to you with regards to today's Globe and Mail article, The title is, Canada Should Resist Urge to Drop the Hammer on the Unvaccinated, at least for now. Oh, how kind of them. Yeah, at least for now. How kind. Yeah. These kinds of articles, this is, in my opinion, regardless of what's going on, this is irresponsible. Well, sure. More and more people are getting vaccinated. That's the fact. Coerced or not. Yes. The numbers are rising and rising. And yet in countries that have the highest vaccinations in the world, we're seeing huge surges in so-called cases. Mm -hmm. That makes no sense if it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So at some point, the majority have to bite the bullet on the fact that the vaccinated are passing along this virus and creating new variants Mm -hmm. as they go as much as or more than the unvaccinated at this point, because the unvaccinated have been prevented from entering these spaces that the vaccinated are in. The unvaccinated have been prevented from traveling in the way that the vaccinated have. Mm -hmm. So if there's surges in cases, you have to look at the vaccinated population now and and bite the bullet on that. And so I think that we're getting to a turning point now, it's part of the lay of the land, Mm -hmm. where that's becoming a bit more evident day by day by day. Well, especially now that uh, we're going to shot number three and boosters. Exactly. You could go on forever about the pluses and minus on either side. But the real issue here is castigating Mm -hmm. people for making the choice not to be vaccinated on the basis that they're endangering 
the people that are. Yeah, and more than castigation is happening. That's true. Right as we speak, I and millions of other Canadians literally are prisoners in our own country and province since we are not allowed to get on a plane or a train in Canada. So essentially, Canada has become a penal colony, much like Australia was in its beginnings. Mm. And it's very, very disturbing, obviously, from my point of view. That's a reality. That's a fact that is undeniable right now. The two-tier system has been put into place, and the people who are unvaccinated are being castigated, demeaned, and forced and criminalized and painted with this brush of being the bad people mm -hmm. when it's way more complicated than that, way more complicated than that. So this black and white business is part of this lay of the land that has separated people. Tribalism happened within families. We have stories of friends, even within our own families, mm -hmm. where there's this separation now between the one or two who are against the mandates and the rest of the family who have gone out and jabbed and are for it. Mm -hmm. So how this is going to play out is still a question mark. These constant pullbacks, making statements about a date that this is going to end and then something else comes up and yeah. that switch that's removed, no, it's not. Yeah. It's an overreaction, in my opinion, every time something happens. Yeah. The first thing is overreact. And then the actual truth of the danger starts to become clear. And then they start to ease back. But once you bring in the restrictions, it's always harder to dial them back. Mm -hmm. That's a fact, mm -hmm. you see. And so that's another part of the lay of this land, is that these restrictions that have been put in place and the masking are very hard to undo. We have a pandemic of masking one way of putting it. Absolutely. People are so used to it, it's almost second nature to them to put it on on the way into the grocery store. Yeah. To me, the, the masking issue is almost comical. For example, assuming that you're vaccinated and you're allowed into the restaurant, yeah. you wear your mask going in, you sit down, you dine, you get up, you put your mask on to go to the bathroom. You come back, you remove your mask. Yeah. When you're now sitting literally sometimes inches away from people talking, eating, mm -hmm. and you're not wearing your mask. Right. And now you're putting on your mask to get to the bathroom. I know. And then the server doesn't have to be vaccinated. Exactly. But you do. Right. So, so to me, the, the thing about this is, is that if, if it was it's really, laughable. yeah, if it was really as serious as they're making it sound, and again, not to diminish the loss of life or people getting ill. There's no way any of that would be going on. Vaccinated or not, you wouldn't be approaching any facility. Right. They're acting as if people are literally walking down the road and dropping dead. Think about this, too. In New Brunswick, their new sort of lay of the land there is that if you're a grocery store, they recommend that you make sure the physical distancing is happening and the limits in the store in terms of that what's going on. Mm -hmm. But you also have the option now to demand a vaccine certificate for customers to come into your grocery store. I read that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Once upon a time, that would not even be an idea that would come into somebody's head to deny a citizen the opportunity to actually buy food for their table, according to their health status. These are the kinds of things that creep in under the wire inside of all these other kind of restrictional measures and protocols, et cetera. And suddenly you see that and you go, whoops, what's going on here? 
But that's the pandemic redefined. These are the things that are happening either in parallel or in combination with the COVID situation. All these things you're discussing right now are all things that are running with it and are being created. And it's becoming of, in my opinion, pandemic proportion, the way these rules and laws and regulations, they're just slowly thrown out there and just keep permeating further and further and further. Yeah. It's a form of a sickness. It is. It's very much a sickness. It's a social sickness yeah. or politically motivated sickness. Yeah. When you think about the overall effect on the planet, the virus had a minimal effect, but everything else that has gone on around it has had huge effects. Yes. And I don't know why people don't see that, actually, cocooned as they are inside their position, pro or con, or whatever it is. Well, we discussed last time on our last podcast, 165, we discussed the numerical aspects of COVID. So we're lost in statistics. They're constantly yeah. being told about how many people are sick and how many people are dying. Predominantly, it's a case thing that they use, because if you look at the relative uh, seriousness of numbers relative to the number of cases, it's a very small percentage. But even so, as you said, what's happened globally relative to the virus in itself is almost insignificant relative to all the other things mm -hmm. that are occurring. Yeah. As an example, about 3 million people a year die due to obesity-related issues. Yeah. 18 million people die of heart-related issues. Yeah. 1.5 million of diabetes Three and a half million die in car accidents every year. Right. Three and a half million people. And so we've lost roughly, assuming that they're all COVID, because a lot of them die with COVID, doesn't mean that they died of COVID. Mm -hmm. We've lost roughly five million people over two years. Yeah. And that's borne out when you look at the excess mortality statistics in the last five years or so in different countries around the world. And people have done that. You can find it online. Yes. And you look at the graph and you'd expect to see quite a rise in 2020, 2021 in excess mortality. And you don't really see it. There are no spikes. You don't see it. No, because the years prior to 2020 and 2021 were a bit flat in terms of that. In those years, you would have expected more, but they got less. And what happens is the older people and the more vulnerable that would have passed away in those years survived, bless them, mm -hmm. for another year or two. But eventually, death takes us all. And so the excess mortality, you'd expect it to be a bit higher in 2020, 21, which it was, mm -hmm. but not reflective of a pandemic that is taking millions of people off the planet. This is a fact. This is real. These are data that you cannot argue with. Mm -hmm. And yet people still have this thing in their mind that there are millions of people dying in the streets of this thing all around the world, mm -hmm. that it's a devastating flood of pestilence or something, when it is simply not that. And when are people going to wake up to that fact? I don't know. This is part of the lay of the land, is how asleep and how awake people are to what is actually going on. Well, it does also give you an idea of how strong fear plays in. Huge. It's been the one tool. Yep. You have to say it's been a tool that's been used by the authorities to make people comply. And I understand in a way, you know, how that works and et cetera. And to a certain point, it makes sort of sense to warn people of the potential danger of something. Yes. But when the actual danger is understood better, then you have to dial that fear back. Right. Hasn't happened. Not a titch. They haven't dialed it back.
even with Omicron, which has been seen to be mild in comparison to Delta mm -hmm. in terms of the severity of the final outcome, they're still acting like it's Godzilla. Yes. <laughs> Run! Seriously? The changes that are occurring are becoming in some ways more permanent. The damage that's being done to relationships. And when I say relationships, I'm not even, even talking about just human to human. Yeah. I'm talking about our relationship to everything. Yeah. To our routines, to our habits, how we're responding to people that we meet, how we deal with day-to-day -day things, the demoralization of individuals, the lack of desire. And yet there's a faction that seems to be completely untouched, which is another reason why I wonder why people don't see certain things. Like, for example, would not all these other factions be affected the same way? And yet record money's being made, lifestyles are not being altered. You don't see the same effects on the elite. No, no, no. In fact, I read it the other day. I forget where I saw it. And I don't even have a particular sort of figure. But there was this major leap in numbers of billionaires and in their profits overall. So that gap between the ultra rich and the poor or the middle class is huge. It's growing as a result of this. The rich are actually, as usual, exploiting catastrophe. And the fact is that big pharma companies are making millions of dollars every minute that passes by, more millions, millions of profit are going into those companies. Right. And they're not liable for any of it, any of the products that they're putting out. So that's another aspect of this lay of the land. We've got this situation where people are becoming more distrustful of big institutions, of big government, big tech, big pharma. People have lost a lot of trust in that. Yes. Uh, in the West. And typically in the West, we've been very trustful of these institutions. If you take a look for comparison's sake, you look at Russia and the Eastern European countries, their vaccine uptake is very low mm -hmm. because they have a mistrust, a general mistrust of authorities and the intentions of authorities, etc. Mm -hmm. So the lay of the land here is that each country has its own cultural vibration, which affects all of these levels of engagement with the community, with government, with big medicine, what have you, and changes how people live. The way we function. Yeah, yeah. So the word pandemic, I guess we're using that word to describe something beyond a disease that's changing an entire globe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So whether it's shopping habits, whether it's the way we now relate to our friends, our family, our coworkers, do we shake hands anymore? Yeah. When was the last time you reached out and hugged somebody? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right? right? Or people look at each other and they actually say, it's happened to me more than once. I don't know if it's happened to you, but you look at each other and you're saying, I'm not sure what to do here. Oh, yeah, you're right. I really want to hug you, but I don't if you're uncomfortable with that. Right. So things that we used to do kind of instinctively now are questioned. So this is changing our psyche. These things to me are now of epidemic proportion. Yeah. And then yeah. we talk about pandemic and endemic. Mm. Definitions are being skewed too. Some people question whether this is even a pandemic. Some people have questioned it from the beginning and still question it, but that's right. a whole other That's a whole other discussion. Of, yeah. The thing is, is that we've created many diseases here. Yeah. On top of that, when was the last time you heard any discussions about cancer? 
Oh, cancer's good. What's cancer? Forget cancer. You know, like can, can, <laughs> forget can, cancer. cancer. Get them out of here. Heart disease. <laughs> Get it out of here. We don't need cancer. Doesn't we don't hold, need no stinking cancer. It doesn't hold, we only want COVID in this establishment. <laughs> doesn't hold a candle to COVID, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so again, I'm not trying to make light. I'm very respectful of people who are afraid. I'm very respectful of people who've adopted whatever they've adopted. It's more about perspective. That's my thing. Are we looking at everything connected to this, or do we keep focusing on COVID, which in effect, regardless of what the press is doing, what I see out there is a lot of people who kind of think this is over anyway. Yeah. So let's talk about these last few weeks. Has anything changed for you? Well, other than I'm a, now a prisoner in my own country, uh, nothing much. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm now a prisoner in my own country. That's changed. I did go to Mexico a while back and right. traveled and did it by the book, took the tests, did the quarantine, did all of it by the book. And that's not good enough now if you're unvaccinated. That's not good enough. And it's not good enough if you're vaccinated. Have you heard the stories about the quarantine at the airports in Canada now, where yes. fully vaccinated people coming back from areas that have impinged upon South Africa in some form or other, mm -hmm. they have to test, they have to be quarantined at the airport. Apparently, as far as I understand, they're crowded into these smallish rooms. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then the shuttle buses come and say, oh, no, we can only take two or three at a time to make sure you're socially distanced. But meanwhile, they've crowded them into these small spaces in preparation for being shuttled to the quarantine hotels, mm -hmm. where they're then schmunked into these rooms <laughs> for up to 72 hours, fed shit food, pardon my language. Yeah. And these are fully vaccinated people who at the beginning of the vaccination rollout were told, this is our way out, folks, our way back to freedom and lack of restrictions. Just get this vaccine and all will be well. Well, here we are now, mm -hmm. a year or so into the rollout, not even a year, and fully vaccinated people are being treated like cattle and disrespected and schmunked into quarantine hotels. What you just described is a pandemic of confusion. Yeah. Confusion reigns. Creating a situation which is not tenable, namely this medical apartheid system that's been put into place to punish, not incentivize, sorry folks, punish people who have chosen not to engage in the experimental drug treatment, which right. is what it is. And this is another pandemic, in my opinion, this constant use of people being misinformed. You know? Oh, misinformation is the word of the age. That's at a pandemic level, in my opinion, as well. Yeah. Misinformed. Misinformed how? Are you saying that every piece of information that come out is wrong? Mm -hmm. right. Why not say there is misinformation occurring and misinformation may be occurring on both sides? Yeah. Are you saying that every single person who's not in agreement with the status quo is completely misinformed? Right. Are there no educated, intelligent, well-informed people amongst a group of people who are choosing another way? In other words, make it less yeah. combative. Stop using these headlines like putting the hammer to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not helping the situation. No, and the lack of recognition that there are Nobel laureates 
who have weighed in against a lot of these measures in different ways and sent out warnings about overly vaccinating during a pandemic, et cetera, which is now starting to show itself in terms of the new variants being pushed out by the mass vaccination, actually. It shows that people are at a very psychotic level of engagement. They cannot actually connect with each other normally anymore and speak a language that is mutual. Mm -hmm. And what has happened here as a result? So this is another layer of the lay of the land. And you can see it online. If you kind of go through and you see the threads, there are more and more people who are against the cons, let's call them. You've called them the cons, who are talking violence. Because we've seen videos of violence in mm -hmm. Belgium and the Netherlands and different parts of Europe where they're really starting to rise up. Mm -hmm. And in small minority of numbers, the violence is starting to creep in, creep in and get more intense. Yeah. More and more people are getting so angry in the face of the intransigence of the mainstream narrative and the authorities who will not budge, will not communicate, will not allow open debate, that they feel there's no other way but to become violent in the face of it. And speaking of which, just to illustrate, Harry, we had that discussion the other day. Do you mind discussing what happened here in our own small town of Orangeville at a town right. council meeting? Yeah, we had, there was a town council meeting uh, in Orangeville at which uh, a member of the community had a presentation. And usually you're allowed around five minutes to present your material. And this person presented material that was counter to the vaccine mandate protocols in the area mm -hmm. and went on about it, citing the Canadian Bill of Rights and this sort of thing and her dismay. And the mayor of the town of Orangeville cut her off in midstream and said, uh, I, I, we've heard enough. Uh, thank you very much for your presentation. And meanwhile, the person said, but I have five minutes. I have more to share. I have something else. To, oh, no, no, thank you. We've heard enough. We've got your documentation. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. And on to the next item on the agenda, councillors. Didn't even ask his own councillors if they had anything to say about the presentation or in response to it. Just moved the agenda forward and cut her off. Clearly, he was piqued. He was angry. Yep. Mm -hmm. But this is not something that is befitting a mayor. And this is just simply censorship at a very bad level and an abuse of power, in my view. So this is the kind of thing that's happening even at local levels between citizens and the state. Yes. This kind of tension. Simply because you disagree with someone's position doesn't mean that you have the authority to abuse your authority and you right. know, shut them down. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happening everywhere in many places. And so people respond to this and start to get reactive and violence creeps into the mix for a minority of those people who are more extreme in their view. Yes. And I don't necessarily agree with violence, but I understand how it can get to that point if there is such intransigence. Well, once you lose all possibility of any kind of modification or change of opinion or view and your back is up against the wall and you have no choice, literally that's what's happening. Yeah. They keep creating situations that give people less and less choice. If it just came down to, look, here's what's happening, 70% or 65 or whatever the number is are vaccinated, keep with that agenda, keep informing, keep doing what you're doing. And then see if you can convince those that don't agree. At the same time, you allow the people who don't agree to not agree and not necessarily accept. In that kind of a situation, you may not move the needle, but you're going to also not create a lot of other problems that are probably going to be bigger for you than COVID is. Sure.
You know, Peter, that there are people out there now, literally, they are acquiring guns, weapons. They're getting together in groups and talking about survivalism. I know. And what happens if we need to go out to the woods and hunker down there and protect our little piece of the woods, survive, and make sure that people aren't going to come and try to take us away, mm-hmm. put us in camps or whatever. Because these camps in Australia should have been a wake-up call for the world. Where is there the discussion about these internment camps in Australia and whether they're right or wrong or it should be happening or not? So all of these things, every time a country gets away with a little more restriction like that, a deeper tyrannical thing, it allows for the next and the next and the next. And then suddenly you're in this tyranny. How did we get here? Well, a little at a time is how we got here. Well, I would call that a pandemic as well. Yeah, sure. It's a a different kind of pandemic. It's a pandemic of behavior, what is being accepted. The fact that you and I are even having this discussion, you and I would have never been talking about people arming in camps two or three years ago. Right. No. We would have automatically assumed, regardless of your perspective, that it's not acceptable behavior. Yeah. But now, even though you and I would not necessarily go and buy a rifle and join that group, There's a part of that that we actually have some empathy for. Yeah. I mean, I can understand how people can be pushed to that kind of place. Yes. So how do we get beyond that? How is that going to change? I don't know. More and more people are becoming fed up at being shut out and being treated as second-class citizens, being denied work, denied going into a grocery store, for God's sakes. Like, where does that end? It ends in internment camps in Australia. And there are instances there where people have shared their experience of these camps, and it ain't pretty. I do want to state one thing, though, that's been said to me by more than one person. The question posed is essentially, you do understand that regardless of how you feel or what you think, that you can't stop this. You are aware of the fact that this thing is going to happen whether you want it to or not. The impositions, the restrictions will continue until such time as they've achieved their objective. What is the objective, though? That is the question. Exactly. What exactly is the objective? We know it can't be zero COVID because that's not attainable. It's understood. That's a fact now. We know it. It's becoming endemic like most viruses do. Mm -hmm. So what is the end goal of continuing these restrictions, actually. If it isn't zero COVID, what is it? Why are they continuing? This is the question in the air that's part of the lay of the land for many, many people now. What is the point of this? If each variant is milder and the hospitals are less stressed, less people are dying, why are we continuing with these restrictions? When does it end? Well, in Ontario, They just decided that the middle of January or so deadline for taking away the vaccine mandates, that was part of the plan. Oh, we're not going to do that now. No, no, that's too soon, folks. We can't afford to do that. This Omicron thing, it's it's just, it's too dangerous. It's potentially, right? Our medical, our computer modeling suggests dot, 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 dot. Fear, 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 fear. We can't, we can't ease up the restrictions yet. Too soon. This is what's happening everywhere. So there's a pandemic of caution, of over-caution, of uber-caution. Yes. That's another pandemic that we're seeing. We need to redefine the word itself. Well, the WHO redefined the word already. 
<laughs> I think it was 2019, they redefined the word pandemic, which allowed for things like COVID to be called a pandemic when it wouldn't have been previously. So that's something people need to be aware of and they can look into it if they want to. But the very definition of pandemic was changed. So very good, you change the definition of a word and suddenly the whole world has changed. Is that the power of words? Yes. Has become evident as part of this lay of the land too. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. Changed the definition of a vaccine, which they did recently. They changed the definition of a vaccine to include mRNA type vaccines, which wouldn't have been included before. They wouldn't have been considered vaccines. They're more treatments, therapies. Hmm? But now something that doesn't give you immunity, doesn't prevent infection and wanes after four, five, six months is considered a vaccine like all the others, like smallpox and rabies and da 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 da, -da which did all those things. Now they just changed the definition to include stuff that wouldn't have been included before. So, yes, you know, yes. words. Yes. So redefining words. things uh, has been on a very, very wide scale. Yeah. And the word lay of the land, mm -hmm. when I think of that term, I think of this expansive area. I see prairies, I see mountains, I see lakes and rivers. Yeah. Uh, I see this far-reaching lay of the land. <laughs> I'm serious. I can feel a wind <laughs> blowing across the land. Right? So, the ill wind that blows. So all these things that we've talked about are included in that. It's like a huge river carrying all of this. It's not just COVID. It's everything that's latching on. It reminds me of those little parasitic fish that attach themselves to a large whale or a shark. Yeah. The entity is taking everything with it. Right. Uh, we're modifying, we're redefining words mm. and their meanings. Yeah. What constitutes a pandemic? Mm -hmm. What is a vaccine? Right. Has the definition changed? Mm -hmm. Have we changed our definition of what's legal and what isn't? Yeah. What, what do human rights mean? Yeah. What does it mean to be healthy as a human being? What does death mean to people? All of these things are being reevaluated. There's a famous philosopher, Nietzsche, yes. who talked about the reevaluation of all values. And it seems to me we've hit that point. We are now reevaluating all of our values. So pay heed to these philosophers, folks, because they're, t they're talking about human evolution and where we are going. And we are at a turning point, as far as I'm concerned, we are at a turning point in human evolution as we speak. This is a critical moment in our flow of humanity. And how we choose to move forward now will make a huge difference to the generations that are going to follow. What we decide is going to affect our children's children's children down the road. Mm. And we better think about that. The Native community thinks about seven generations hence with every decision they make. They think about seven generations. Are we doing that now with the decisions we make around this situation? I don't, think, I don't know. I don't think we're thinking seven days. Yeah, seven minutes in some cases. We're reacting almost instantly to things. Exactly. So we're in this very reactive time and the fog is a fog of uncertainty and confusion. Right? It's a ball of confusion. That song is yeah. right on the money. You know? Yeah, it is. I would say to folks out there, do reevaluate all of your values. This is an opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. We've been given this opportunity. What do you actually value in life? Is it relationship? Is it your own health and safety? Where do you stand on death and dying? 
how should a state act in these kinds of situations? Where do you stand on your fundamental rights as a human being? All of these things you know, need to be looked at again. I suspect that what you just ran down would be exactly what most people, whether consciously or unconsciously, are doing in order to decide which side of the equation they're on. I believe that it is that valuation part of it. I hope they're doing it. In some ways, I don't think a lot of people are. It's because of the reactivity of the situation, because there's no time to mull over and think through. We're being pushed and pushed and pushed by these protocols, et cetera, et cetera. To reevaluate, you need time and space and quiet. And a lot of people's heads are very busy right now with all kinds of stuff. Exactly. So we really need to slow things down in order to evaluate properly, because as you say, a lot of things are being pushed and people are reacting rather than responding to things. Right, right. So uh, all I can hope for is that this variant, the latest one, the Omicron variant, will actually be what virologists suggest it should be, which is a bit more transmissible, which it seems to be, but less lethal. Mm -hmm. So the authorities really need to trust in science yes. for a change <laughs> and dial back the restrictions and let this mild variant do its thing because everybody's going to be infected by COVID. That's what we've been told. So let us be infected with a mild variant mm -hmm. and build up immunity and not have to go to hospital or die. And that's a good thing. People are infected all the time. It's our nature to be infected by the world we live in. Yes. Life is an infection, if I can put it that way. Yeah. So let's allow that to happen. Protect the vulnerable, absolutely. But the rest of us don't really need your protection, Mr. State. When you face into that kind of obstinacy, we're going to up the ante here. That's exactly what's happening right now. You're only going to fuel the resistance. Yeah. Sure. And depending upon the culture, there are people around the world in different countries, in Greece, in Italy. When you get the populace fired up, watch out because the state is in trouble and there will be violence and people will not give in and comply in that way and just lie down and be treated like shit, period. So that's part of the lay of this land is that people are rising up who would never have maybe even thought about it in some cases. Well, I know I'm in that boat now. I would have thought quite differently a couple of years ago. Yeah. And the more this goes on, I've become more resistant myself. Yeah. And I'm beginning, well, not just today, but for some time now I've been carrying this. And when I read the headline, like I read to you, you're coming at me with something and you're not considering the possibility that I can turn it back on you. Yeah, exactly. So as usual, we hope you've enjoyed this discussion. We certainly would love to have feedback from you in terms of what's been discussed here, or if you have other ideas or things that you do or you don't agree with what we say. Yeah. And we'd love to have your thoughtful responses. And we will respond accordingly. Ciao, Peter. Ciao, Harry. The Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com. Thank you for your donation to the SIL podcast.